You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. So here's our theme verse for for this series. It's uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse uh, 2. And it says this, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. See, I think right there that's important because a lot of the times if you grew up in church, it's been the opposite way uh, that, that uh, we've been shown, right? This idea that fix your habits, fix your issues, and then come to church and then come to God. But really the gospel is different in that the gospel is come to Jesus as you are, messed up, dealing with stuff. Come, come to Jesus as you are, and he has so much for you that he wants to change you from the inside out. Uh, so readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, uh, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And so really this, this series is this, this hope and this desire that God will draw out the best uh, in your life, the best in my life. And so uh, let's just pray one more time and we will jump in. Father, we love you so much. God, I thank you uh, for this opportunity that we have to come here, to hang out, God, and, and to really just uh, to magnify your name, to, to lift you up. God, you know uh, what each and every one of us are going through at this very exact moment. God, you know what each and every one of us needs to hear. God, and there's no way that I could speak to every heart, but I know you can, Holy Spirit. So right now, I pray that you would just open our ears to hear what you want us to hear. God, and that I would say what you want me to say. We love you so much. God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here different. God, so that uh, we can... Go out, Father, make a difference in our community, in our workplace. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you guys have ever been brainwashed? Brainwashed? A couple people, yeah. I, so I think that if, if we're completely honest, I think we all have been brainwashed some way, some, somehow, uh, specifically in regards to uh, television, Specifically in regards to commercials. Commercials are very good at brainwashing uh, your way of thinking. And here's what I I mean by that. Uh, It was about a couple weeks ago. I just got done eating dinner, okay? Um, I don't know what your guys' nighttime routine is. We eat, then we put our kids to sleep, and then um, then my wife, she's been falling asleep early. So then I just, that's my time to just relax, debrief. And so it was a couple weeks ago. Uh, we finished dinner. My kids are asleep. My, uh, my wife falls asleep and I'm, I'm watching, uh, I think it was like sports center or something. And I'm watching, I'm, I'm full, I'm fine. I'm content. And then all of a sudden a commercial for Taco Bell comes on. If you've been here for any length of time, you know I'm a sucker for Taco Bell. I think it's fine dining. Come on. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and so, so, so here I am. I'm sitting down, right? I, I, I'm fine. I'm content. I, I'm satisfied with life. And, and the, 
there was a commercial for the new cheesy stuffed uh, gordita crunch. I think that's what it's called. And they do things in like slow motion. They like break it in slow motion and they, they tear it apart. And you see like the cheese. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> like, I, I, like out of nowhere, I just, I, I just I started getting just super hungry. And then like just I, I, I begin to get like a thought in my head. <laughs> you know you want that. You, you know you want, and I'm trying to tell my thought, no, I don't want that. I don't. <laughs> and, and, and no, no, you want that. And I'm like, okay, I want it. And so it was like 1130 at night. I, I get in my car, I drive down. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, it's not granola, Sonoma County. Um, <laughs> and so I drive down uh, to Taco Bell, I get my cheesy gordita crunch, and like I'm just I'm enjoying it. Like I'm I go back to my I'm just eating it, loving life. I'm like this is the best decision ever. Thank you for giving in. Fast forward, I wake up in the morning, and like my stomach is killing me. Like like to the point where I'm like like I can't I, like I like I'm in bed. Okay, like I'm in bed. Like I can't move. Like it was like it was so much pain. That was going on in my midsection. And I remember lying there like in, the, in a fetal position. <laughs> like, I hate Taco Bell. <laughs> that was the worst decision ever. And I was lying there just, just totally beat up, totally down. And I was, so I was thinking about this, just this idea how one simple itty-bitty thought had the power to change how I felt. Like this one itty-bitty thought of, hey, let's go get Taco Bell at 11.30 at night. That seemed like a good idea. How I really paid the consequences for it. See, and and that's really the heart of what we're talking about this morning. uh, The power of the thoughts. This morning, I want you to know that there's power in your thoughts. There, there is power in your thoughts, the way that you think. And so that's why our habit number two is this, this morning, control your thoughts. Control your thoughts. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, oh my gosh, this is, he's talking about the thoughts, the power of the mind. This is so new agey, blah, blah, blah. But, but really, the, if you look in scripture, like the Bible was, was like the pioneer and this idea of controlling your thoughts and, and understanding the power of your thoughts. Check this out. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 2. I love this. Do we have it? We might not have it. So I got it on my notes. No worries. It says this. Wise thinking leads to right living. Isn't that good? Wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. I'll read that again just because I like saying stupid in church. (laughs) Wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. And so basically, it's 11 a.m. Come on, that's good. Basically what the author of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes is saying, listen, not all of your thoughts 
are beneficial to you. Not everything that you think is good for you. And so the author, he's saying that you, there, there are good thoughts that leads to life, but we're not going to really talk about the good thoughts this morning. We're, we're going to talk about those, those thoughts that have the power to literally destroy our lives. Because there's power in the way that we think. And, and, and we see this, this, this is seen because everything begins with a thought. Everything begins with a thought. Everything begins with a thought. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell him everything begins with a thought? Everything that you have ever regretted doing first started with a thought. Everything begins with a thought, and if you're not careful, that thought has the power to determine how you feel. So you have a thought, and then it begins to dictate how you feel. Proverbs chapter 23 says, In as, in as much as a man thinks, so he is. So what you think begins to, to determine how you feel. And if you're not careful, what started as an internal processing begins to be shown externally because how you feel becomes how you act. So it starts right here. Everything starts with a thought. Then it begins to determine how you feel. And then how you feel really determines how you act. And all of a sudden, and this is kind of where, where I want us to, to land the plane this morning, is that when, when our thoughts become, our unhealthy thoughts become how we feel and how we feel becomes how we act, a lot of us, rather than controlling our thoughts, our thoughts control us. And our, our thoughts begin to dictate us and control, control our actions. And I think if we're honest this morning, for a lot of us, this, this is kind of the space that we've just been residing in. Rather than us controlling our thoughts, we've allowed our thoughts to control us. And we've allowed these unhealthy thoughts to dominate our life. And for some of us, we've even begun to see, see the fruits of our unhealthy thoughts in the way that we feel. For some of us, we're, like, we're actually seeing the fruits of our thoughts in the way that we feel in our relationships. Those things that started off as a thought, man, I deserve better. All of a sudden... Begins to change the way that you feel. For some of you, you've acted on the way that you felt, and you're seeing that birth now in, 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 in your relationship with your spouse. For, for some of us, it's, it's this, this thought I wish I had more. And this thought has now affected the way that we feel. In that we're looking at people that have more than us and we're like, oh, I can't even stand them. 
Like you don't even know why you don't like him. You're just like, mm. Like jealousy is, is starting to, to, to begin to eat away at you. For some of you, it's your faith. And, and this idea that, that how we think, unhealthy thoughts, they, they, they give birth to unhealthy feelings. And if we don't, if we don't control them, these unhealthy feelings soon begin to control our actions. But I want you to know this morning, and here, here's the good news, that you have access to a God that wants to break off all unhealthy thoughts in your, in your mind. That all unhealthy things that, that, that you've been cycling in your head, that you have access to a God that wants to break, them, break those things off. Those, those thoughts of, of depression, anxiety, of self-worth. Like he, he wants to break them off of you. So that you can then control your thoughts rather than your thoughts controlling you. I want you to know that God has given you power over your thoughts. Well, how do you know that, John? Because we, we, see, we see Jesus. We see that Jesus was able to have power over his thoughts. And last week we talked about God models what he expects. And so Jesus, he modeled this idea that, that you do not have to give in to your thoughts. That you don't have to give in to your thoughts. Well, and some of you are saying, well, that was Jesus. Jesus is better than me. Jesus was God. Jesus. I got great news for you. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. For this reason, he, he being Jesus, had to be made, be made like human, like us, like them, fully human in every way, though 100% God. He came 100% human in order that he, Jesus, might become merciful and faithful, a high priest in service to God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. The reason why I read this to you is because I wanted you to understand that though Jesus was 100% fully God, when he came down to earth, he was 100% man. And so the Bible says that everything that we've ever gone through, every thought that we've had to think, every thought that we had to fight, hey, good news, Jesus had to deal with it too. And so when Jesus is able to overcome something, you don't have to be like, oh, well, that's Jesus. No, because he was human just like you, just like me. And we see Jesus have the power to overcome thoughts in the story of him being tempted by the devil. This is found in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. It says, Jesus prepared for the test by fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, maybe he is a little bit God because that's crazy. That left him, of course, in a state of extreme hunger, watch this, which the devil took advantage of. I want, I want to point off a couple things before we continue. That you need to know that less than desirable situations is the playground for the enemy. Less than desirable situations, conditions, is where the enemy is like, ooh, I'm a party now. Like, that's where he wants us. That's where he had Jesus. Jesus, he just got done with a 40-day fast. Jesus is like, I am hungry. And the enemy knew it. The devil knew it. And that's when he began to try to plant little, little seeds in Jesus' head. All of your unhealthy thoughts 
have taken place have been triggered by less than desirable situations. And it was in that less than desirable moment the devil tried to plan unhealthy thoughts to Jesus. See, we, we, we look at that story as temptation, and Jesus was tempted, but really he was tempted by the devil trying to put a thought into Jesus' mind. He was like, hey, Jesus, I know you're hungry. You know, you know that you could, you could turn this rock into to bread. What is he doing? He's planting a thought. He's plant- this is exactly how the enemy works for you and for me. Undesirable situation, I'm planting that thought. Then, then, then he said, uh, he brought Jesus up to this high place. He said, he said, Jesus, jump off. Surely the angels will catch you. What is he doing? He's, he's planting thoughts. He's planting thoughts. The third, the third temptation, he, he said, Jesus, I can give you all of this. All you have to do is bow down to me. See, I'm trying to help us out because I'm trying to to pull back the the curtains of of the inner workings of your enemy because you need to know that when things are less than desirable, situations are less than desirable, that's when your thoughts are coming. But good news because you fast forward through the story, Jesus, he, he wasn't... Uh, he wasn't overtaken by those thoughts. And that's good news for you because if Jesus can do it, you can do it as well. If Jesus can do it, I can do it. If Jesus can do it, you can do it. And so, uh, so, so he, Jesus, he didn't cave, but he gave the ultimate display of overcoming your thoughts. The ultimate display of controlling your thoughts. And, and here's why I wanted you to, to understand this. Because if Jesus can master the habit of controlling your thoughts, so can you. If Jesus can master the habit of controlling his thoughts, so can you. I've talked to countless amounts of people as as a lead pastor, but also as a youth pastor, hearing stories from my professors when I was in seminary. And how every, every single decision that someone has regrettably made started with a thought. It always starts with a thought. So how, how do we control our thoughts? How do we master our thoughts? And so what I want to do is I want to give you four, four ways that, that you and I, we master our thoughts. And, and this, this is going to be in your notes too, um, so you can jot these down. They're very practical, but I, I believe that if you can implement them in your life, you will be better off, and I will be better off. So four ways to master your thoughts. Here's the first one. Develop a plan to transform my thoughts. Develop a plan to transform my thoughts. Here's Romans 12, verse 2. Again, just a different translation. And it says this, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. 
But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let's pause right there. God wants to change the way that you think. He wants to transform the way that I think. He wants to, he wants to wash and, and, and make new the way that we process things and the way that we handle things and the way that we, we think of things. And, and the best way that he does that is by reading your word and by spending time with him. That's so easy, duh. And yet, and yet, <laughs> God transforms our minds. He transforms and renews our mind through us spending time with him. I feel like I can't emphasize this enough, the importance of the idea that that when you read your word, the, the, the Bible says that it's, it's alive and active. So that's why you could read one verse one, once, and it could speak to you one way, and then you could read it again, and it speaks to you another way. And then you could read it again, and you're like, wow, it's speaking to me this way too. And you're like, what is up with this? It's because the Bible says it's alive and active. And so, so when, when, if we want to learn to control our thoughts, we, we just begin to read what, what his word says, what the Bible says. I love the fact that the Bible says that Jesus is the word. And, and so we just, we, we, we transform our mind by, the, by, by spending time. God, renew my mind. That's part of my prayer whenever I do my quiet time. God, renew my mind. God, you know how corrupt how defiled, how perverted, how ignorant my mind is. God, would you renew my mind? Come on, every time. That's what I'm praying. God, renew my mind. Because I know that if he doesn't renew my mind, I'm going through my day with a twisted mind. I'm going through my day with the wrong set of eyes and in the wrong. And so, so just God, would you just transform, renew my mind? I'm serious. Try it out. Practical steps. Practical steps. So we're talking about four ways to master your thoughts. First one, develop a plan to transform my thoughts. Number two, find people to better my thoughts. Find people to better my thoughts. So your life would be way better if you just learned to have a pattern of, of, of reading your word and talking with God. Like your life would just, right, just doing those two things, your life would be better. But you will never tap into the full capacity of what God has for you if you don't draw in the right people, godly people around you. So you can stay just with reading your word. And reading your Bible. But if you want to take it to a whole another level, you got to bring in people into your life that are like-minded, that, that, that have the same values as you, that can, that can lift you up and encourage you and, and bring the best out of you. you need, your, your life needs to be full of people that give you better thoughts. 
Let's be honest. There's a lot of people in our lives, in my life, that probably don't speak and give the best life to my thoughts. Sometimes we don't even have control of it, but most of the time we do. Some, sometimes it's just, we're, it's just kind of something that, that we really have no choice with. Maybe it's, it was the way that we were raised, and mom and dad, they just, they just spoke death over your life. And you kind of just, you know, you just kind of had to live. Otherwise, you're living on the streets, you know. And, and so sometimes you don't have a choice. But then there's sometimes when you and I, we do have a choice. When we're hanging out with people and, and they just start feeding you with just stuff in your, in your mind that, that just is not bringing life. We have an opportunity to, to walk away from, from those things, from those conversations, from those people. And I know that it's always harder uh, or it's easier said than done, but I, I'm telling you, if you have the right people around you, you can get to where God wants you to go. You can go further and faster with the right people around you. Shameless plug-in. That's why we have groups. Shameless plug-in. At the end of our worship experience, you can sign up for a group where the balloons are. Come on, you, listen, community, I can, there are so many people at Discovery that their experience and their journey started not once they came on a Sunday morning, but when they jumped into a group. That's when life began to happen for them. That's when they begin to have community. That's when they, they understood this idea of the local church, that it's far more than just a Sunday morning experience. It's community. It's community. And here, here's really the, the goal of our groups. It's found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Listen, that's the whole point of a group. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And so basically, the author is saying, and we can, we, we can agree to this, that the world's getting darker, and as the world gets darker, you need people in your life that you can connect with, and they can give you life as well. That's a group. Hey, our mixer, our bowling, you might not even be good at bowling. But guess what? You don't even have to bowl. You can just hang out with us, get to know someone, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, community, community is so important. So number two, four ways to master your thoughts. The first one, develop a plan to transform my thoughts. The second one, find people to better my thoughts. And number three, uh, live purpose that expands my thoughts. Live purpose that expands my thoughts. The purpose of life far exceeds just our satisfaction. I'll say that again. The purpose of life far exceeds just our satisfaction. In other words, life is so much more than you just being satisfied. Now, I do believe that God wants us to be healthy and he does care about us. But I think at the end of the day, God's heart for you and the purpose that he's called you to has less to do with satisfying and being beneficial to yourself and has more to do with uh, helping someone else around you. 
Two people. Let's say that again. So I believe that the purpose and the calling that God has created you for has less to do with your benefit and your satisfaction. It has more to do with helping, satisfying, and benefiting someone else. We see that Jesus, he, he, he modeled this. And, and if you're on the dream team, we, this is like what we say all the time. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. This is Jesus speaking. For even the Son of Man uh, came not to be served, but to serve. That's Jesus, right? That's Jesus. He's like, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. We know that Jesus' whole purpose on earth was not to come and receive gifts, accolades, but it was come, he came to earth to serve by laying his life down. So he says, I did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for Myself. Mm. I came to give a, a, to be a ransom for those people that I like. My close family. Mm -mm. For many. Some translation says for all. Jesus said I came not for, for me, but for you. Can I say this this morning, that purpose, when you discover purpose, you will realize God-given purpose. When you realize your God-given purpose, you will understand that it's fueled by helping others more than it, than it is benefiting yourself. That the purpose that God has for you is, is fueled with laying your life down as a ransom. For other people. He got Jesus. He established this purpose. Another shameless plug. At Discovery, we want to help you discover your purpose. As a matter of fact, we think that's our job. Is to help you discover how God created you. To give you an opportunity to use your giftings. Because here's what I, I think every person in this room. Every person in the world I think desires two things. They desire to, to know their purpose and they desire to be part of something bigger than themselves. And so at Discovery, like we want to help you with that. And so we have this thing called Growth Track. If you've never been part of Growth Track, this is our, it's a four-step process, four Sundays. And it's our opportunity to help you discover how God created you. It's our job, or it's, 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 it's job to help, to help you to see the gifts and how God has wired you. And then we, we don't only just want you to understand how God has created you, but we want to give you an opportunity to use those giftings. And, and so we would love for you, if you have not been part of Growth Track yet, to sign up. It happens every Sunday morning, 930. You don't have to go in order. You can show up anytime you want. But our goal, our job, like our desire is to help you discover what God has created you for, how he's wired you. And, and so we would love for you to, to be part of that and, and to really just, just to see and to experience. Because I, I'm telling you, God wants to, to use you. He wants to use you mightily.
And so, so we're doing four ways to master your thoughts. The first one, develop a plan to transform your thoughts. Basically, learn to, to spend time with Jesus in the Word and in prayer. The second one, find people to better your thoughts. Jump in a community of people that stretch your thoughts, your way of thinking, the, your, your, that, that, that stretch your comfortability. Then number three, live a purpose that expends, expands my thoughts. This idea that, that my, my job, my goal, my purpose is to serve, to serve others at work, to serve, to serve my family, to serve my kids, to serve my parents, to serve my spouse. Like our job is to serve and number four, the last one, uh, that we would embrace a power to fuel my thoughts. Embrace a power to fuel my thoughts. Now here, here's what I've discovered. When God calls you to something and when God, has, has, is, when God reveals to you your purpose and what he wants you to do, when he reveals it to you, it should freak you out. It really, it really should. You should look at it and be like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? And it's really brilliant on the way that God, God did this because what, what it does is, is it, it helps us to look at what he's called us to do and realize, man, I cannot do this on my own. This, this idea like, wow, God, you want me to start a church? Hmm. I don't know about that. But what he's called you to, he challenges us by, by making it so big that the only way that you could ever accomplish it is with God. And so I want to read this verse, Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us according to the power that works in us so we know that God right now he's in heaven the Bible says that Jesus is on his right hand is at the right hand of the Father and so Holy Spirit is the one that's here on earth embrace the power that fuels my thoughts see it's the Holy Spirit that gives us power to control our thoughts. It's Holy Spirit that when you have that thought of anxiety or depression or, or self lack of, of worth, when you can say, Holy Spirit, I thank you. That this is not of you. I thank you that those are lies of the enemy and they will not control my thoughts today. I'm telling you, it's amazing what God will do if you ask. I want to read that verse again, Ephesians. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. I want to say this morning, no matter where you're at, whether you're here and, and you're a Christian or maybe you're here and, and this is your first time in church, you have never been in church, or maybe you're here and you kind of, you were in church, you kind of just walked away a little bit. No matter where you are on this spectrum, I want you to know 
that God has called you to something exceedingly abundantly above all you can ever ask or think that he has a purpose for you he's created you for a reason according to the power that works in us thank you for listening to discovery church podcast remember we will have a new message for you every monday at 5 p.m make sure to like and subscribe and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening